saying. What I've, worked, I've worked in offices, man, and they are stressful and they are draining. And you do have to do it. Like, it's high pressure, it's fast pace. And I've worked on site and it's not been like that. But at the same point, it's been backbreaking. Physically taxing. So yeah. it's been almost mind numbingly taxful mm. because you're not really using a full. In fact, I'm going to take that back. You are using a full passive hand, but it's just a different muscle. Yeah. It's just a different part. It so it's a different job. Like it's not working in factories. I worked in factories, man, and I remember working in factories, sitting there for twelve hours, just thinking, "Oh my god!" But coming out drained, not even doing anything. Yeah. But for some think, people, they some and it's horses for courses. I think. I think what you said part about kind of Jordan's comments. It's very easy once you get money in your back pocket. And you get on that kind of trajectory, and you know where you're going, and oh. you're secure. Yeah, yeah. To then suddenly turn around and say, and start looking down on people. Basically. Yeah, and you see it in all walks of life, any culture or any society. When someone comes up out of the the melting pot of society, they often then turn against their own people that they grew yeah, up yeah. with to say, "Well, they'll, I've done it." So like, they all of a sudden become conservatives. Yeah, exactly. It's just exactly. Like, it's they, just, they go right wing because they then have their own assets to protect. I mean, yeah, I mean, so. the thing is, afterwards, was goes, "Oh, what? So Shellstackers doing thirty quid now?" And I went, "Who the fuck is saying that?" I went, "Not nobody. No one is saying Shellstackers doing thirty quid now. All we're saying is, is this the national living wage or the change of name of it? If what they says when they got elected." 10.50 the living wage if that's the living wage why isn't the minimum wage at yeah and it's really and it's, just, it's as simple as that and then they'll come back with their bullshit Tory answers and so and I said to you and I just ended it with can you name three things Boris Johnson has done well since taking over the Tory party and then he didn't respond I was like it's because there isn't three that he's yeah. personally done because he's a twat it's hard isn't it it's like when you look at kind of political leaders in general because you look at like say a British hero Winston Churchill you can't say anything bad against him because he kind of got us through the war but then you're also like you've got to think well how expendable were all these young men during the war and you know yeah, yeah, it yeah. was and there's obviously the his, foreign, his foreign policies in other countries oh I speak about Churchill he was a massive twat as well yeah. he didn't but win then the war people, like... people loved this sense of England I think historic England of yeah. the cricket pitch and like what is it to be English? That and I think that's now dying away, which in in a way is really good because we are now a reflection of our Modern. own multicultural society. And I think we're a reflection of recent history. Yeah, exactly. And I think people need to get on board with that. Really, I think the England of old the is England nice of- in the textbooks at school, and you all sing hymns and great. There's that tradition there, but then. Dude, the England of old was going around robbing the world. And it, well, yeah, them. you don't rule the world by being nice. That's, but but like, that England they're thinking about with the cricket pitches, it is still there. The cricket pitches are still there. The problem is the, the mindset then was completely different because they were taking over India. And they were, were drinking the cup of tea. It's so British. No, it's not. It's not British. It's Indian. It's yeah. not British. Yeah. Did, did you forget what happened that we did to other countries all around the world? Yeah. And then we, we brought people here to help us and then send them away again. But that's the oh, thing. Oh, the paperwork with... was lost. You had to go home. Yeah. What? Like, you can't. It is. It's fascinating, isn't it? Because now, like, you know, the uneducated right wing of this country are now saying, like, oh, we need to get all the immigrants out and everything. Can they don't understand the history behind, like, the Commonwealth Act, how 
we kind of, as a thank you to everyone in the Commonwealth to help out in the war, we opened the borders, like I think early 1950s. But no one thought at the time that they'd want to come to this little rainy island in the Northern Hemisphere. And then they did. And then that's obviously when we had the the Windrush. Wind yeah, generation come over. And now people are like, <coughs> those people are as British as we are. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. If not more, because they contributed more from afar for yeah. the Commonwealth. And like... And what it's they interesting bought... to see how people then say we're not multicultural or right. like we need to go back like to, I don't know, ultra like nationalist white Britain. It doesn't well, exist. Man. The thing is, the countries that are in the Commonwealth are British. Mm. Um, they're just not, you know, they, they were, were basically colonised yeah. and then forced into this, <laughs> yeah. to this uh, false narrative of that, you know, they're part of a greater nation, a greater good. So they're british and you'll see it especially in um indian and jamaican households they love the idea of the queen mm. being british and you know being civilized and what it gives is given to them but in reality they're not british now i am british you know and my, my dad is british he probably wouldn't say it was but he, is, <laughs> he was born here um but he's more in touch with his jamaican you know roots and ancestry than i would be because i have a lot adopted and assimilated a lot of british culture um i don't think that everyone who thinks right wing is uneducated this is the dangerous misconception we have because there are some very smart people that think this way and i think this way because of things like propaganda and fear and media and them driving it into them but when we say they're uneducated I think that's dangerous because it makes it sound like they're stupid and they're not and that's what's dangerous yeah definitely yeah, I'd agree with that yeah 100% because I think everyone like has this idea of who the right wing are and that's kind of like the national front of the 70s where it come out of kind of Doc Martens and like skinheads and that kind of culture but this is, as you said, it is quite scary because if you look at how we voted as a country, mm-hmm. we vote more right wing than people think we're going to. Oh, 100%. <coughs> and even Labour are a right wing party, in essence. I mean, when we're talking real left liberal parties, we're talking, we spoke about this before, we're talking Green, we're talking Lib Dem. That's. It's like Labour, that utopian so dream, there. isn't it? Yeah. That's the thing. It, it's like that middle what politics. What is the utopian dream, though? That's a very <laughs> yeah. interesting statement. What is what think, is it to you, Tom? Come on. I think well, it's a per, it's a personal thing, isn't it? Really, you can always like if you look at socialism, like on paper, it's brilliant, isn't it? But then you look at kind of it in practice, and it can't work. So mm-hmm. it's always that balance. But utopian dream for me is just. kind of just a sense of equilibrium for me just cut like a bit of continuity Constant. yeah because what i struggle with is how kind of opinionated everyone is and it's great to be opinionated but i just want everyone to do research I'm for themselves yeah. on that opinion when that's why i'm scared of social media for that okay. because you can get i could go on there and just say i don't know i think the sky's green obviously no one would believe me but you can then get people that get influenced on it and then if they reinforce that it then becomes an opinion of theirs 
And that's what's quite scary for me, looking at this generation. And obviously, social media has many good things, and the interconnectivity of society has many good things. But for me, when we contribute and commit to it, and start to take our news from it, or mm -hmm. our ideals from it, we then can be easily controlled by it. Yeah. So it's, it, it swings around about to me. And I think it's about just maintaining that tangible relationship that we are as animals walking the earth, like interact with nature, things like that, whilst like getting all the benefits from technology and interconnectedness. Yeah, it's so that's for me a bit of a utopia where you use tech, but you still kind of and in the present moment rather than just kind of away with the fairies looking at YouTube or something. Yeah, just on your phone constantly. Yeah, man. Not in the present. I think yeah. like it's really weird because like you said, it is a good thing. Technology. I mean. I'm on technology all day, every day. So it's great. But I think I use it productively. Yeah. And it is very easy to get swept away into thinking that, you know, that it's real life. Like that what yeah, you're man. doing on there is... That really guy from school's now got on. a yacht. Why haven't I got a yacht? You know, and it's yeah. always that best life that's shown. It's not like you keep crying at two o'clock in the morning. You're not recording that. It's <laughs> like you're building false memories as well. Like a lot yeah. of it is kind of like you know when you look back when you when you actually really have a moment and then like you've you've Instagrammed or Facebook that moment so in like ten years time you can't even re really remember the real moment you just remember the picture yeah and the filter that's on that moment <laughs> exactly man and this is why I love kind of the old school cameras do you know what I mean yeah. then you look yeah, at yeah. old photos and you go through that and you just have to wait and then you got like wonder if they're actually just going to be kind of just all blurred out with thumb marks on and stuff like that I it's that, that relationship with memories that that i like but then that's just general nostalgia isn't it things yeah. are always better in I the past of, i kind of think with within any like if you were a landscape obviously obviously there are places where you just take photos yeah weddings christmas but if you were just at so if i was in the amazon now i'd love to go to the amazon the second i took my phone and take a picture ruined it I ruined that moment because I got my phone out and then I got the camera open. Yes, I take pictures of, of, of any picture I put on Instagram. I'm, I'm quite honest. Any picture I put on there, because I'm happy to put on there, I'd probably have a good 10 minutes of that view before I've even thought about getting my phone out. So I've enjoyed what I'm enjoying. I'll remember that. But as you said, I won't remember the picture. I look at the picture going, oh, yeah, that was nice. Because it's a picture. The up there is what matters and the second you get a phone out or a camera moments gone I don't think that I don't think that, I don't think in an instance that the moment is gone but you just have to remember to be in the present like you can take a good picture like that's like saying you know photographers there's the ruined moments yeah but, again, but, but they're sat there for hours looking at the same kind of stuff no not all photographers but like like, you, like wildlife ones they're going to be sat there for hours looking at this scenery yeah. and then I, I think you've got to take it in. I think you've you've definitely got to take it in. But the, the the great thing about you know the the multifunctionality of uh, mobile hand devices these days is that you can do that. So you can capture moments. You can look back and say, "I oh, remember that." It's just the over changing that that gets to me. It's kind of like looking at pictures, and you know when. You see filter. every picture's got a filter on it. So like, that's not what you look like, but every single picture that you've now posted has got this filter on. So yeah. 
So when you're when you're like you've set your standards now. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's <laughs> mm. a really funny memes about it, and it's like girls now that like, put filters and make their lips all massive and stuff. And it's like, look, granddaughter, this was me when I was sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's like who you who is social media? It's that it's that question, isn't it? Who who's social media for? Is it for you? Is it the, for for your the perception that you want to give to the world? It's it's whatever for me social media and I'm not a massive fan but for me social media is whatever you make of it so if you're an influencer then you're going to be loving life because you're flicking away like yes yeah, sweet and then you'll get the trolls with that but then you'll kind of hopefully override them report them whatever but for me it's just about being honest and kind of documenting especially now in my kind of one footed journey for other people it's their homemade business it's yeah. a studio you know what I mean so social media for me is used for whatever that individual wants it to unfortunately as you said earlier there's just bad stuff and the more we continue with technology the more we're gonna reap the more that will happen like I watched that film Free Guy what's up the, the new the new uh, Reynolds one Jodie Comer on fucking Disney and um, I don't want to spoil it for anyone because it, it's actually really good but it's around the whole AI thing okay. in the future and the potential of it getting smarter and it will happen we're already too reliant on our phones especially as it, well, our, you think, our you generation think, when you think AI is going to get smart what do you think do you think it's going to take over and Try and destroy humanity. I don't think. I, I don't the think Matrix. The, that's the only inevitable thing that can happen for our own no, security. I don't think Matrix. Do, although. Do, do, Yo, this is college dropouts, people. Yeah, just for a shout out there, we got Tom Story in the building. Um, yeah, we want to shout out three hundred four as well for sponsoring the podcast. In fact, Stuart, your three hundred four hoodies have been kind of sick, though. Oh, mate, it's a flower, isn't it? It's a big and baggy enough. It matches the big baggy shorts. It's yeah, comfortable it's nice. though, man. It it's washes nice. nicely. Feels good, man. Yeah. Go Got the arms on, mate. Got the arms. Yeah, yeah. So shout out for our sponsors, and obviously we've got Pot the Pirate with us today. What's going on, Pot? Yeah, man. Tired today. <laughs> tired. <laughs> Everyone's tired, man. I've been like a slave at the machine, man. <laughs> honest to God, like Pot knows, man. I've just been doing so much. Um, Editing, just editing, editing, editing. It's crazy. But it's good. It's enjoyable. One thing after another, isn't it? Like, that's the thing with the process of editing. So what you've been doing anyway? Mate, hey, just trying to survive having two toddlers. Oh. And, uh, yeah, running a business. I've just got over COVID. So that's a nice little, uh, little nugget for you. Double jab. When, when you say when. when yeah, uh, like. Yesterday. Got <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah. It's my first day after isolation. Um. <laughs> Nah, I got out uh, last week. Got out. It's like I got out of jail or something. I'm uh, melting. Yeah. <laughs> were you, double were you jab. sick of it? Yeah, I got really ill, man. Like, it was my heart that was the worst really? one. Just pounding. Really, just really strange. Nothing respiratory-wise. But yeah, just lethargic and, like, heart palpitations. But other than that, touch wood, I'm all And right. you're relatively young and healthy. Yeah. And, and double, double jab. So well. all you stupid people... Like, Tom is young and double jabbed and healthy and do still getting COVID. So stop being dickheads, it's still out there. Yeah, it, oh. it kind of slapped us around the chops, to be honest. Because it was um, it was something that we thought was over. You know, and it was kind of... 
Did you think it was over? Not over, but like over for us as a family, like it would be been to a jab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were secure, kind of in our own minds, and and yeah, then. So did that shake your confidence? Yeah, it did. Day. To be honest, to say that, ah, oh, you know, it wasn't temporary. We knew it wasn't going away because more wife's a nurse, but it's it, it became relevant to our family like very yeah. quickly, and so obviously I'm a business owner and I couldn't go to work, so. That was stressful. Being with two toddlers inside the house for 10 days straight is not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it kind of, like, impacted us that way. And it kind of just shocked us to say that, like, yeah, it's a, a way of life for people now, you know, that you'll go on with your daily life and then someone might contract COVID and that's you for 10 days. But did, when you got it, after you got it, did it just make you kind of feel like, oh, actually, it's just like the flu? Yeah, it was... It's just a flu virus, isn't it, COVID? That's yeah. the thing. It's been, I think, you know, it's still serious. It still will kill you if you're susceptible to it. Um, and obviously cleverer people than us lot are trying to work out what is that susceptibility. Mm-hmm. But for a large proportion of the population, it will be, you know, flu-like symptoms. And a lot of people have had it and they haven't even known that they've had it. So yeah. I think... Yeah. It's been the first kind of big one that's mutated, that's affected us globally when they knew it was coming because, you know, statistics said that we needed a global pandemic yeah, and we were yeah, overdue yeah. it. Well, you say that, but there's always one really. Yeah. Um, just it's just not in the Western world, is um, it? Exactly, yeah. Is it malaria? Well, so no, a vaccine uh, from... Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You're just going to see vaccines start popping yeah. up. I was thinking, hold on, you haven't had a vaccine from malaria for like... 40, 50 years, you got to... Yeah, it's no, like it's tuberculosis like, is back. Like, tuberculosis was nearly eradicated, like, worldwide, and now, you know, I got a message, like, from my, my gym saying I've been in close contact with someone with tuberculosis, I need to go and go to a chest clinic for, like, a blood test. What do you think, like, because COVID was a crazy time, to be fair, I remember thinking at the time about, <coughs> like, the housing market, was a big thing saying the housing market was going to crash because of COVID. Yeah. Soon as COVID, people going to default, jobs were lost. But really, most people I know have been like, kind of blessed. Yeah, it's been a strange time. Um, sellers, anyway. Yeah, well, that's the thing. <laughs> For sellers. It's a great place to be on the ladder. At the moment, yeah. It's yeah. not the best place to be if you're not on the ladder. Um, and I think it kind of, it just goes back to like supply and demand because we were locked down probably the the real estate or like estate agencies they were only really locked down for about eight weeks because we we're the first kind of offices to open up um oh, along yeah. yeah along with key workers because obviously the government really needed the housing market to kick start you know the sale of goods really um it being one of those key kind of areas and I always thought, wow, it's a bit too soon to be going back to work. But obviously, as the business owner, I was can't, work, the business right? owner was like, yeah, okay, we can keep making money. Yeah. But then the human in me was like, hold on a minute, like this is a bit soon to be going into houses when it's still it was still like at the peak of the pandemic. So yeah, we've seen a bit of a weird shift. It was like there was nothing on the market. Then we had like the backlog of houses come to the market. Mm-hmm. So we had quite a lot of. Um, transactions especially in like south birmingham uh helped by stamp duty being well um, i was just gonna say that with the stamp duty because that was 
kind of a, a great move from the government to say yeah. you have to pay your stamp duty. However, the house prices rose that much. That 15 grand that you were saving didn't really matter because no, it, it was getting taken off you anyway. There's a marketing ploy really. It, so this is what I'm saying. So this is why until the stamp duty thing came back, I still thought like the market's going to crash. Then they said there's no stamp duty. So people were still buying. Yeah. People were buying and buying. So you got to a point where, like I said, the house prices started going up. I'm sure it was like 4% more than that. It might have been more than that at one point. But it was ridiculous. So you may have saved 15 grand on your stamp duty, but you're paying 40 or 50 grand you know, more for a house. Yeah, and that's where the split is a bit scary because secured lending markets are down value and everything so when you're paying overpaying your 40,000 then your surveyors going around and going it's not worth 40,000 pound more because they value you know based on risk not yeah, by yeah. market like so the estate agents are overvaluing things because they know they're going to get the prices but then the surveyors are coming for the bank saying well it's not worth that so then they down value the mortgage so it's kind of a false market that okay. was created because what's, what's the, so just what is that the actual surveyor's role in the market then so the surveyor will sit on behalf of the purchaser to carry out a condition report of um, a property that they want to buy mm-hmm. but on the other side he can work for the lender to so the bank and make sure that that property is worth the the loan for the buyer so they're working to they have two approaches really um, and I've always thought it's b- a bit strange because you can get a surveyor's role which does both at the same time okay. so who they really represent in there yeah conflict of interest yeah. so, so that I've always thought that that needs to change Yeah, I know they're professional and I know they're open and honest but when you've got Joe Bloggs buying a house and then you've got HSBC which give you 90% of your work mm-hmm. and there's an issue who are you going to side with you know it's it's yeah. that suspicious scenario, a bit of grey area there. But in essence, they they either value for the bank or they do a report for the purchaser or they do both at the same time. So yeah. that's how they kind of sit. But yeah, the housing market has kind of been a bit uh, feast and famine. But overall, yeah, I think the backlog of COVID is now gone and there's just a lack of people moving now. So that means it's holding the values there's not that many houses coming onto the market than there were, say, even this time Last six year. months ago or okay. a year ago. Last, I think it was September, had the least amount of instructions in the UK really? than 2008 with the crash. So you can see that statistic really says that prices will rise just because there's no nothing out there. Oh, that's what I was I was I was gonna I was gonna bring up. I was I live on a, a new build, five years old. But I only own forty percent of my gaff. Yeah. But at least I'm on the ladder. I might exactly. be on half a step, but it's better than not being on a step at all. And when the government come out and they say they're building all these houses, they're building all these houses, what they're building is houses in Barn Green or houses in Catsill or Fairfield or some mm. very nice, safe area in the countryside. You can't do too much on the green belt around by us, we're quite lucky up in like North Worcestershire, but 
the the houses that the government say they're building. Mate, it's a different county technically. <laughs> like the first village in yeah, the yeah. yeah. like, hey. is with this tweed and shotguns. Like, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna. Fuck, no, I'm still B. I'm B sixty one. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, B sixty one massive. <laughs> but mate, it's all about the county lines. The second you go into Worcestershire, it seems yeah. to be what county are you in? Don't. But it's just yeah, they're not building houses for young families who are on minimum wage jobs. Yeah. Then these people, there's going to be thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of young people that are never going to buy a house. And, that, and their kids that, might buy a house, but because they never got educated and they weren't, and all this stuff, they won't be able to afford it. Can I say one thing though? Like, why are people so obsessed with buying houses? This is like really what if you don't buy a house, what does that say? Like, why do you need to buy a house? It's only actually England that I think are so obsessed with buying houses. If you go to places like France, Spain, people exactly. rent their whole lives yeah. and just move around, yeah, I yeah, think because there's not such an emphasis on the ownership of a house, like, you can invest in other things but houses. We exactly is that like always we, been there in these countries? Yeah. Is that the, is now this, they come with um, manufacture bought in the buying the houses and the council? That's when people start buying. Okay, houses. I think so it goes it, it goes right back like to basically like feudal England, like talking like William the Conqueror, like eleventh century, when land was considered a God's gift to the king. Mm-hmm. So it goes all the way back to that far back. So land equaled power. It was the currency yeah, of the of day. Course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then landowners were always. Like, and then, like, we created like the feudal system, which was basically because it took so long to build things, mm-hmm. and labour was so took so long because we had no tools. There was mm-hmm. no industrialization. That then we had this thing called tenure, which was when landowners mm-hmm. wanted a house building, they'd get the poor people to work the land or to build something, but they'd also give them houses to live in whilst they were doing that because it took so long mm-hmm. and then it had this little shift where it kind of became that the, the monarch used to rule the people so it used to be like the monarch the king would rule the, the English people yeah. but then it became a slight change probably 12th 13th century the, the king then had ruled over the land and that's why you see England you know, yeah. so with land as the end of the country's name, which is a slight change that kind of happened, mm. and then then it became basically even more like the landowners with the power, and then they created leases, so a secondary mm. right in land, which was kind of a leasehold property is basically you you rent that house off the landowner, and pay a ground rent to the mm. landowner for a certain period, um, and you see it now that we invented capitalism in this country and we invented speculation in this country so like when you're looking at it that way we were a protestant nation when the rest of europe was catholic and if you just look at like how catholic countries they look around surround money they're a little bit more like suspicious around investments and things like that when protestants in terms of our history financially we would more based on like more capitalist principles should we say so we're looking for assets and one of them was the home so we look to treat our houses as where we live but also can we earn money off them but that doesn't happen as you're right in in europe 
you rent a house for 40, 50 years, and oh. that's been the norm. But here, you don't, because tenants don't have as much protection because of the capitalist But I think, like, for the masses, you, that, like, what you're talking about, like, I can fully agree with, but I think for the masses, they were never even thinking about owning homes. Mm-hmm. Because they couldn't afford them, like you said, you're landlords and you paid in like a shilling a week or whatever yeah, it yeah. was to live there. The peppercorn rent. But in recent history, with manufacturing things, that's what she kicked in the buying your homes, like cows' houses, because they yeah. were thinking about making money off them. And that's the thing, it's whether or not did Maggie Thatcher give people the power to buy their council houses because she liked council tenants? No. no. She wanted to get a lot of money and it was a great policy at the time to to basically, you know, for a Tory government to be liked by council tenants. That's never happened again. Mm. You know. Well, until so, now. Until. Yeah. But no, so we we wanted to own property because we rented for so long and we were like, okay, rent's going just really, really, it's, it's rising rapidly. Um, when we were in a current property and we were looking around to see what's about the area, you realise that our landlord could have got about two hundred quid more a month for our house. So don't say, so just don't say shit. And by then, the, the one good thing the Tories did do was the shared ownership. I'll give them that. That's one good policy because it allowed someone like me to not. I pay rent and mortgage back now, and that's still less than what I would have paid back in rent. But what happens if? The person who owns the other 60% of your house goes bankrupt and they need to sell all their assets. That's something you ask my wife who does law. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. This is what I'm asking. I don't know. That's something my Tom might know. They generally owned, like with shared ownership, there's got to be certain criteria for a developer to get criteria, uh, to get like the approval for shared ownership. So usually it's got to be you know, a uh, housing association mm. attached to it, generally speaking. So if you look locally here, we've got the Bournemouth Village Trust. Mm. Um, and uh, and I agree, like, with with rents rising, it pushes people to look at alternative ways of home ownership. Of so we have, like, shared ownership or, say, government-backed ISAs that they'll kind of help you out mm. and uh, reinvest their money to match yours and I think the only way that's going to change is if you know we regulate the tenancies which again is very common in Europe they have rent control like America do mm. we're like one of the only countries that doesn't. that doesn't and it goes back to that thing of are we using property as an asset mm-hmm. and should that stack up against stock shares gold bitcoin or is it a place where we live and I think that we're confused about that in this country because a lot of people go, yeah, I want to be a landlord and earn money off it. Then other people are like, no, we just need good social housing, which mm-hmm. no government can can seem to put enough money into to, to you know, hit these targets or even just give houses that are going to last more than 30 years. You know, oh, I've got a few ways that they can save them straight away. It, do, it doesn't cost that much to build a house. No, it doesn't. So let's talk about it realistically. You can build a nice house... I reckon a three bed, nice size, I don't know, square footage, but you know, you can have a driver garden, whatever, for what, 120 grand? Yeah. yeah. Especially if you want to have a big developer, because you're going to have discounts on materials and, you yeah. know. So, I mean, 120 grand, it might sound like, but it's not 
that much money. And I bet you could do it for a bit cheaper than that. Mm. And still get a good quality home. The problem is they're trying to build in mass, so they're going to be cheap developers and they're probably building a house for forty or fifty grand a house. And that's when you come up with all these shit new builds. My house is hollow as falling apart. Well, that's it, isn't so it? Hollow. If you look at like post war properties, so if you look at like mm. between forty five and fifty Mm-hmm. Like you'll find fascinating things like what they're built out of. Is it the like, concrete ones? That's it. That, that, that was after, so that's like sixties and seventies. Oh, okay. But like, it's like Middleton Hall Road and like Bourneville. Like, like they're built out of like balsa wood, mate, because they didn't have any materials after mm. the war. But they had housing shortage because obviously they had a massive baby boom after the war, <laughs> and like they had to get these houses. But they're built out of like just random building materials half them, and and that's the thing is like when if you just look at the like Grenfell and why that mm-hmm. happened and the cladding that was issued to it and it was and then suddenly we've got a massive amount of properties which you can't sell because it's got defective cladding on yeah so I heard there's some of them in Birmingham yeah there's yeah. loads in the city centre there's some opposite the f- yeah that's what I was going to say opposite the cricket ground no opposite Edgebaston behind Aldi all that estate all them same cladding. Oh fuck! I've seen them on the news yeah. like, after the over the last next few years. You kind of watched their development of people have tried to sell their properties that the government says they were going to get fixed and they can't. So they're stuck with a property that is unsafe for them and their family. There's yeah. kids living in these buildings, but no one's going to buy it. And that's the cost-based approach, isn't it? That developers, as you said, that will they're just it's the bottom line. So what can I do to meet the building regulations to get the tick in the box? Yeah, yeah. To get my profit. And so that's basically, again, looking at property as an asset when if we didn't look at it as an asset like the majority of Europe and the world doesn't, it's places to live, yeah. then we'd go, okay, what's the best to four people? And then that's a massive shift change. But again, it goes back to where do we come from? We've got this big capitalist market where we do use house prices as almost they're very ingrained in society aren't they dark money um, yeah houses as well those and then property in general especially in london there's more money that goes through london through the sales of property than anything else i was watching the other day um is it the president of azerbaijan Mm. his son gave his son 33 million pound worth of property in london but the money's meant to have been laundered. And then basically there's a company called The Crown who deal with the royal family's um, estates. Yeah. They've brought that property in the centre of London off the president of Azerbaijan for 66 million. He paid 33, gave it to his son. Then he's bought it off his son for 66, like eight months later. It's mad. It's just madness. And I think like... It just goes back to that thing of even if you have a freehold property mm. and freehold... But this is crazy because a lot of people don't even know about this. Yeah. So people don't know the difference between owning the freehold and just having the lease. Yeah. So like in a nutshell, a freehold is free of any holding over it. So you own the building and you own the land that the building sits on. Mm-hmm. Where leasehold, as we mentioned earlier, you only own the building and then you basically rent... For a certain amount of time, so you get a time period on that as well. So it's not you don't even really own it. No, and you keep on having to Birmingham City Um, top up the lease. Yeah, the training ground at West Hills—that's university ground. I've always known that. My granddad always told me when I went for council, like 
that's university ground and Birmingham City will never ever earn that earned mm. because the uni going to make a lot of money off it every 99 years I think it is and yeah so with houses if it gets under gets under well it used to be 80 but now 80 years an expired term now it's pushing up to 90 with the risk factors mm. so all they're saying is if you own a leasehold property it's just going to cost you more to live there so usually you get 99 years added on to your existing term but it goes all the way back to feudal England where you had these people you know living in the houses of the landowner mm-hmm. and they didn't pay rent but they worked for their occu- occupancy like slaves yeah really? it's, and that's the thing freehold gives you options like Bourneville then because Bourneville they built it for the village they built for the Bourneville workers. was all leasehold it was all leasehold because it was for the workers mm. now back in the day you could buy your leasehold for not much money but the way that the leasehold works it's in favour of the freeholder so the lower the lease gets for example if you wanted to extend the lease that was 90 years it would only cost you a couple of thousand pounds and then you wouldn't have to do it again in your lifetime but if you let the lease run all the way down to say 30 years Mm -hmm. it's going to cost you 30, 40, 50 thousand pounds to get it add on another 99 years so you got to think it's it's something which needs to be looked at at a government level because you can see that even recently we've had a ground rent scandal in this country where the developers were building new estates and they were making them all leasehold when there was no need to. And it's again, they get more money off the ground rent, they can sell the freehold onto an investment company or a pension fund. Yeah, so yeah, it was all yeah. built to make more money for the the builder so it's gotten even more capitalist uh, and now they're trying to basically government are saying that we need to reform leasehold which i think is really good because people as you say they don't know the difference they just know they want to buy a house and they just don't understand the implications of yeah. when they come to either sell it or what what it will be worth in 20 years when you have to extend the lease okay so so if i'm a young man and i'm you know trying to buy a house my first house. In fact, not even my first house, I've got a house. Would you think that is houses still a solid investment? And what's the ideal situation? Are you looking to flip a house and make a quick return or are you looking for a property that you can rent out for the long term? What's what's your... I think property is an asset class, if you look at it. In this current market. I'm in the current market. What's the best thing to do? It's... So you've got 18-year property cycles, really. Um, so in this market, we even with or without COVID, we're coming to the end of the cycle. So okay. this is generally classed as the boom phase. And you'll see what... This is before the crash. Before the crash, yeah. So we've got... A, don't quote me on it. <laughs> but I think, personally, we've got about two years... Two, two to four years of boom. Okay. And you can already see it with the lack of supply... Banks are now lending 95% mortgages again. So the lending markets always determine how much, gonna, yeah, yeah. how much you know, buzzes around the market. So if, if I was a young man now I would, and I had the deposit, I'd get on the ladder as quickly as I could. Um, but as you've said, property compared to other asset classes, it's very long term. Mm-hmm. So overall, since I think 1970, property's gone up 9% every year 
to this year. So it's not a bad return on the investment if you look at, say, I don't know, like the FTSE or what stocks. It's probably relatively similar, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say, over that time period. But I think there's also that kind of trust element with property that it's bricks and mortar, you can touch and feel it. And, you know, it's a, a safe investment. It's always been classed as that. But you've got to know what you're doing with it as well. So you've got to educate yourself on property if you're going to invest in anything. Mm-hmm. You know, if whether that's Bitcoin or stocks or gold, you've got to either pay someone to do it for you or educate yourself around it. And I think there's a lot of information out there now that's readily available, such as podcasts or, you yeah. know, just information on sites like Right Move that you can learn. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, if you can get into the market to either own your own home because it's not regulated yet I'd make that buy your own house first before you start investing in in something but then saying that do we need to own our own homes and that's the thing which again you mentioned right at the start personally home ownership restricts social mobility so as soon as you've got that mortgage you can't leave the area (laughs) you know you or you have to rent it out so i think home ownership does restrict the movement of people labor you know products because if you look at like our parents generation it was all about we just gotta buy a house get the kids into school Mm. make sure the school's not that bad uh and then that's it and then just concentrate on living whereas now i think we we're kind of in between that so we like the areas where we grew up in. We still talk to the same yeah. people we grew up with. Mm-hmm. But then we see the young people that are like, what, you've never worked in an office and you just like got a business on your laptop and you can like work anywhere in Europe. Like, what's that all about? <laughs> and you don't like binge drink. Like, what? Like, just so, the housing thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite slow. So another film with the hustle, Christian Bale. Was it that one? You know where yeah. he... He bets against the market. Yeah. Like the You're basically... Is it the hustle? It's called uh, the long, sh- the long big short or something. The big short. Yeah, long big yeah. short, big like short. The big so, short, yeah. are you basically saying that is probably going to happen? And if someone was smart, like... I don't know if you can still do it. That's too much finance stuff for me, but... Well, I got, so I got it, the, happened, it happens all the time, doesn't it? Like could, you yeah. said, there's 18-year cycles. I mean, when was the last crash? So and, um, the crash the was banks, in when all the banks yeah, two thousand and seven really. But you just got it's, it comes and goes, and you just got to be look at what your goal is out of any investment, really. Haven't you? Yeah, of course. So whether it's okay, well, I want to, I want to, an income off it, off my buy to let. Uh, so I want to get a property which has got good rental yield, um, or you just want to buy somewhere now that you know it's just going to go steadily up with the market so when you get mm. to retirement you can sell it and have a lump sum so I think you know I think we are obsessive about in this country where other countries just go oh yeah just live there and my kids go to school there and I invest in stocks or mm. you know bonds or something like that but this country especially if you look at right move as a, a business it's now turning into an entertainment website rather than a property <laughs> website I like going on right move because everyone does it it's yeah, a new yeah. thing you're watching TV you've got right move open you've got your <laughs> alerts set up and you're looking what's come on the market how it compares to your house you know and, and this is like being an estate agent myself 
this is like the curse of estate agents because nine times out of ten, estate agents forget that who they're talking to knows more about their house and their road and their house price and everything mm-hmm. than, than they do. It's a different it? hustle now, isn't it? So that the internet, one thing technology has created is kind of put a bit more power back into the individual's hands. And long may that continue, and, oh, you know. Oh, 100%. But yeah, yeah, just the housing stuff, it, it angers me and confuses me. Yeah, I don't yeah. do finances very well, I don't do numbers, I need this shit. But I can see there's a housing shortage in our country and the government, the houses they are building are shit because they're trying to get, get done really quickly and cheaply because we need houses but we don't need more five bedroom houses. I think we're good for five bed houses in the country now. <laughs> if we can start looking at like your two beds, your one bed, your old, your old style terrace, your top two down. That's it. And, and it's better than nothing for these individuals. Yeah, a top two down. It's bricks and mortar and you run, you have a bit more security knowing you'll pay this much money back every month. Not knowing in the year's time if your landlord smarts up and realise you can get 250 quid more for that place. In London especially. Yeah, I've known it, people that pay so much in rent and, and oyster car stuff they've had to go shop their food to eat. And it's so that should never be the way. It's in London. I'm the richest city in the world. Yeah, I think housing's always going to be a key political talking point and it's one where it just needs it needs shaking up I think and I think you know people need educating you know like at a younger age uh, or they need you know it's just luck that people get educated about property really it's either you know someone that's in it or you you get a job in it you know or there's nothing that really determines like you have to learn about it until suddenly you're either renting you get older or you think oh should I buy a house what's that about so it's a bit more it's like life, based on the intrigue isn't it it's just love but you go um, to school and I'm not a big fan of RV mm. I think religious education should be yeah if you fancy taking it take it you don't you don't I didn't want to learn that shit for five years I didn't give a fuck I didn't yeah. care it's not that I don't care about other religions yeah I've got, I've got other shit to do and you're talking to, to kids teenagers so teach them about housing and mortgages well, that's and it. how and shit works. It all links back to like the c- country and if you look at our personal debt levels are <laughs> literally three times as much as they are in France, Spain, Germany. So you just got to look at that and you think like in Europe debt is still bad. It's still considered a bit of a social like disease and it's not really good. But this country we're still like, yeah, get a credit card, I'll get another one, and then we'll transfer the balance off that, uh, you know, interest-free, and I'll get a £200,000 debt called a mortgage. It's uh, shops like HomeSense, I hate. But that's the thing. Like, we hate, are very, no, no, not Home. Is it HomeSense? No. Yeah. Bright House. Oh, yeah, them motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, you don't need a sofa with free seating, and only has three seating, and then they've got speakers and cup holders between the seats. So you've got a three-seated sofa there that fills up a whole room because it's got speakers, because you need it, you're really poor, and you're struggling for food and your food bank, but go and get this telly in Bright House, where the fuck's it's called. And, it's like, and these places exist, and I fucking hate it. They prey on. I hate prey on, on, on the weeks. You don't see them on Barn Green, Ar- on Barn Green Ice Street, but you'll see two in Northfield. 
Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's not that far apart. They're strategically pitched. It's a 10 minute drive from Northwell to Barn Green. Is that what we're saying? The yeah. new furniture shops are now the yeah. betting shops. But it's these things like you need this big brand new fridge. No, what these people need to do is go down to a charity shop that sells furniture, one of the big Heart Foundation ones, and they patent test all their stuff. You ain't got to worry about any of that stuff. Yeah, but we say that. Go there. Like we always say, isn't it? it's easy to say. Like it's like kind of like the ivory tower thing. It's easy to say and say, but people should do this. But when people don't see hope for their futures, why aren't they going to fixate on having the best things now? Because why am I looking for tomorrow if I've got no hope in life? Then I'm gonna buy a fucking. Yeah, man. As I'm humans. gonna buy a free seat sofa because yeah. everything yeah. that's the best thing in my life and I so worry about the payments next month and it, it's still <laughs> that hunter gatherer thing that we have the, as humans like we still like that's why people are obese because you know there's still that hunter gatherer thing that goes oh I'll eat all this cake now oh, nah. because in case I don't get food tomorrow but nah, there nah, will be food I, I, I think, I think, yeah. I think it's <laughs> different like, like hunter gatherers but the first people, the, before civilizations, it was all fucking hunter-gatherers. I was dotted about the Amazon, Australasia, when there was land bridges and all this. And they, and, and, and they hunted, and they... What, what did they do, sorry? What did the hunter-gatherers do? <laughs> <laughs> they gather. Oh, yeah. A little bit. A little bit of gathering. A little bit of gathering. But no, like, I think... Yeah. It's just, it's... <laughs> It's now like these shops don't need to exist. They weren't around back in the sixties when people were poor. They weren't around. It was a they complete. The they were always being they around. They were called porn shops. They just like, yeah, but there's always it's porn like, shops. It's like blaming um. It's when you talk about McDonald's and food, isn't it? And people go, oh look how many McDonald's there are. There've always been places like McDonald's. There was always rich people eating nice meat, and there was always people eating rats. Yeah. It's always the case. I think, like, like I said before, it's that ivory tower thing. I can see why people do do that. And I don't think that many people do do that. I think genuinely poor people. So this is the problem in this country. What is this poor? country for having the... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what is poor? Like, when people know that they can get a meal and they've got a roof over their head, they're kind of still feeling blessed, man. Like, we might think they're poor. And the bar poor, the struggling. But they're literally but, in the one percent of the best people in the world's population by having a roof what, over there. This is what I mean. Like it is, it is a crazy world. Like you see poor people with, again, we call them poor. They're not poor, or, you know, struggling, struggling people, who, you know, their kids have got one tons on and now I've got sixteen inch. Well, that's credit as well. Credit yeah. does that. Like it's. And that's where in this country credit is so easy to get when mm-hmm. other countries in the world you can't get the debt to buy that sofa to buy the one ten. I, I says this to Nick, I was like, tell me a good enough reason why credit cards should still exist. I mean well, just give me like big because they're not before the credit cards were around, yes there were loan sharks yeah. here and there. But your average person wouldn't go to the loan shark. It's living they're, within your means. They're living their means. Generation, I, I think it's like a fancy mm. fridge from home, right? You don't need it's a fridge. It keeps mm. shit cold. It doesn't matter what it looks like. As long as it keeps your shit cold, you are happy. It doesn't matter if it's got a fancy smeg sign on it. 
Apparently they're shit as well. Yeah. But they're the most expensive ones. Like your fridge has got to have all this touch pad on it. What thing my fridge is take that back. That's the thing, I could sit here and say like, oh well everyone should have just like communist functional items. Everyone should just go and live in the forest. I love a little ice cube. No, I ain't saying that, but in terms of where fridges are at now. Yeah. Like the technology to me, you can turn talks. it on or you can turn something on in your car tomorrow. Go downstairs and goes, hello, Mr. Unless it's the heating, <laughs> like, like if it's cold, you want to turn your heating on. Yeah. Cool, you turn your heating on. People haven't got to be controlling fridges. No, <laughs> come on, man. No, it's not. It's not necessary. But where do you stop? What is necessary? You know, there's this this question. What uh, people, a lot of people say it's not necessary. What is necessary? Because I bet you've got loads of things that you enjoy a lot that are not necessary. So how can you put your limitation on someone else? I might like some weird, freaky shit, but you're telling me it's not necessary. You know? Yeah. Uh, but no, but it's the way they keep making technology even better. I'm struggling to think of ways a fridge but okay. could be any better. Would you rather? Of course it's better. Yeah. Fridge, my fridge is better now that That's I know I can go to it. Get a nice ice cold water rather than like warm, lukewarm yeah. tap water in the summer. That makes that fridge better to me. Oh yeah, in terms 100%. of the water stuff, but in terms of where fr- you 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 want about something that's been there since like the seventies. I want about stuff that's a central. The fridges they're bringing out now. Nah, they've got some sick ones. We've seen the one with like the iPad, the <laughs> yeah. iPad in the front of it. Why's it got an iPad in for? Why? Why is it? Because he can. I think that's <laughs> the <laughs> phone in your pocket for music. You got you got your phone. Yeah. I'll get my phone out. I don't need. A, like, don't get me wrong. Actually, our fridges are both second hand. Our fridge and fridge are both second hand. Because as long as it keeps, as long as it works, keeps keeps my freezer cold, and keeps my food frozen. I think some people like to live without limitations, and I think that's what it comes down to. Some people like to be limited. You get early adopters of things, don't you? Like people that always buy the next best flat screen TV, and they're always early adopting. But I mean, like even just in terms of like mentality, I think people who probably frivolously spend or not frivolously spend, but spend and like that, the advancements in things and do that. I feel like, I could be completely wrong here, but they're more limitless. Like, they're more, I don't know, man, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but... I know what you mean, like, they, because they push the envelope, it's that... Yeah, you're not like, in a shower, like, it's not just like, life life isn't just about necessity, it's about enjoyment, it's about... Do you know what I mean? Getting them things you desire, reaching them goals, type of thing. It's not just kind of Just like a telephone was, you know, exactly. the, when their family first got their telephone and they all stood around it and were like, what's going to happen? It's going to ring. Like, this is insane. Yeah. And call each other. Like, and it's the same thing. It's just that oh. natural progression of technology and how we choose to interact with it. I think no one needs an iPad in their, in no. their fridge, but... You know, if it's you can just, afford it and you're not getting one, into one. debt over it, then yeah, like it's go just, for it, man. It's just, it's just something that I just, I don't know, it's just for me, like, the scientists and very smart individuals spend yes. a lot of time on this shit. Yeah. yeah. When and they could I be like earlier, making sustainable food. <laughs> yeah, things like that. But so someone come down here the other week, it was, it was that lady, and I mentioned like, space and the inspiration for was going up. Oh, and wait. Spaceman 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 
All right then. So Hello. this is it. This is a okay. So, so I can I got my weird fact after. But say and I know I said I think it's amazing that space travel that Elon Musk SpaceX are using reusable rockets and the what using you reusable rockets. The landing. They've been landing oh, okay, for cool. a couple of years now. I don't know. So so the, the the big heavy one that they want to send up to Mars with a fuck off top of it with a payload and the rockets um will be able to take them off from Mars or whatever service you put up, you put them on and you can take back off again. And people say it's a waste of money that, that all these billionaires are going to space. Firstly, Elon Musk still hasn't been to space. He just sent other people. He sent another Clever. rich man. He sent another <laughs> rich man. man I'd, I'd love to go. But And people are saying, so why are these billionaires wasting money going to space? And I was like... These people? The, the, the lady was down here the other week who come in. These people... Looks, mate, mate. There's loads Great. of people saying that, but and I was like, okay, cool. So, if you want to buy a seat on, if you want to buy a seat on one of these trips up to space, it's about two hundred grand. Yeah, it's a lot. Pit, of poker, yeah, people spend that on cars. Yeah, that's, that's it. what I mean. It's going to be the new saying. one of with the ultra rich, isn't it? So you're going to have a Russian oligarch going went to went to Mars the other day. No, but but, but, but like, <laughs> oh, what, 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 what are you doing this weekend? It's a smart. Uh, it takes like seven smart. months. Yeah, it takes seven months. It, it does now, weekend, but it won't. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and it's just so. As like, why aren't these? So if you were to buy a seat, that's two hundred grand. And people are moaning, like, how dare you spend that much money? And they'll be the upgrade. You you got too much money, and then. They don't moan about these people still spending 150 grand a night in like a hotel room somewhere. Not the yes. best. But you're moaning about that. Or the, the £10 million pound car they bought. No, they probably do, but the difference is that this is all over the news, isn't it? So that's the difference. I think people who have a problem with rich people going to space probably do have a problem with people spending 150 grand on hotel rooms. But that's just a boring news story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna each week. So I'm gonna supply a a random fact about space. Okay. Which blew my mind on the day I read it. Tell me about space, then. So final frontier. Fucking one I read. In final, that shit endless. So one day in Venus takes longer than one Earth year, and that might not be amazing to some people. That shit blew my mind because. So the, the average life expectancy on that planet <laughs> is about seventy days. Maybe, but it's it's so so. It's pe- so people who, um, why know, is that then? Sure. Why why is this? Tell uh, us, tell us the science. Tell us the no no. It, it, it's just because everyone knows about the solar system. Everyone knows about the solar system, but we all know Venus and all that stuff. But you don't really think about where it is. Because when you think about where it is, you think about how in, in, insignificant we are. This tiny rock. Going around this massive fucking solar system in an even bigger galaxy in an even bigger universe, mm. and we just we're, we're tiny. Well, that's it. There's more galaxies than there are grains of sand like yeah, on yeah. the Earth. So oh, if you put it like that, that, it's just insane. But then people don't want you to think like that because then you might not contribute to society, and you might like you know. No, but have big but why, the, the, why do people? <laughs> make, why do you think that makes you insignificant? That's what I think is a crazy fact. No, like, no, in the grand scheme of things, the size. No, and just our well, planet. Even in the just grand scheme planet, of things, why does that mean that you're insignificant? Because I believe that there's other older civilizations out there, like, yeah, but, within uh, the universe. Yeah, but, and I, I also believe some assimilation theories that we are. As you know, we're not. We're, we're not AI. How do I know I'm not it's AI? It's terrifying. Oh, 
But it's simple things like it's simple things like 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 we wave your vibrating. Like what 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 are we? I'm waving at. I feel. I don't know. For me, I'm like a bit. I think it's simpler. Like I know I'm an animal, self-aware animal that we because we are the only one that can become more self-aware but how do you know we created it I don't how know do you for know? sure because I'm only living in this time <laughs> period created by society because I've seen it be created I can watch videos yeah, of we, mankind we know that the Egyptians see, existed like, I can oh. see that like I can see are you talking about knowledge observed but how, do you, how do you know the whole thing is but, not all just Time. How do I know that? I suppose I would never know that, but, but I'm, I'm okay so, not knowing that. I'm a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, and you know what? I'm okay not knowing that, but open to the mm. fact that it could be possible. But it doesn't consume mm. me whether it is or not. It doesn't make me feel in any way, shape, or form that I would be insignificant. And guys, I'm gonna wrap up on that note. Oh, sounds really depressed when I said we're significant. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the grand scheme of things. This is college up. dropouts. Um, shout out to Tom for coming down and talking the housing market with us. No drama. Um, we'll definitely have you back down there and we'll yeah, just man. chat some shit, basically. Yeah. Um, Stuart. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. Oh, that's another one. Quickly. Does anyone watch Squid Game? Not yet. I don't oh. even want to hear about this game. It sounds fruity already. <laughs> squid sounds Game. Like, yes, Squid Game. What you doing with a squid, bro? If you kind of use Battle Royale and the Purge films, <laughs> and squid, 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 squid game. Squid. You don't actually see a squid in it. You don't see a squid in the program. There's no squid. Death squid. Guys, that was College Dropouts. Thanks, Tom Story and Stuart, part of the College Dropouts family. Shout out 304, uh, sponsors of the College Dropouts podcast. Peace.